when I heard Pope Benedict uh, passed away, I woke up in the morning, somebody had texted me, I changed my sermon a little bit, so we have a little, have a little something special for you today. Many years ago now, uh, I was here, but it was, uh, I think, 2009, and I was vicar, you know, we, we in the local area here, the, the three Salem parishes in Kaiser, uh, we priests rotate being vicar. It sounds more, more exalted than it is, although I, did, I do get the title very reverend when, I'm, when I have that, that office. Nobody will call me that, <laughs> especially the local priests. They call me other things, but not very reverend. I said, you must call me. I told Father Tim, you must call me very reverend. He had other, other epithets, other, other titles, but that was not one of them. But anyway, um, that, along with that job came the, the, the meetings. You know, that's what I don't like about it. But uh, I think my number's up again. But anyway, I was called to go down to the, what we call the presbyteral council. That we're the presbyterate, the priests, so priest council. And I just said, oh, Lord, I don't want to go to this. It's so boring blah, blah, blah. And the Lord pointed out to me that it's, you know, it's an act of obedience. So I want kind of to be obedient, you know, and that kind of thing. And I got there, and, you know, I mentioned that because Mary was obedient to what God asked her to do, and she continued to do that throughout her life, no matter how difficult, and Joseph as well. And we find this, this is what God asks us to do in surprising situations when we're obedient in a small thing. Sometimes something kicks in that changes your whole life, and that's what happened at this, this situation. I got there, and Father Brennan, Monsignor, now Monsignor Brennan, who was, my, who was the rector at the seminary when I was there, um, he was, had some position at, at this meeting. And he said, you know, uh, the, every diocese in the world is sending two delegates to Rome. And I put out a note to all the priests, and I got very little response. At who wants to go? The diocese was paying the way to go. And they said, if any of you would like to go, we're going to pull the name out of the hat today. I don't have a whole lot of names in here. So most of us put our names in the hat, along with the few that had turned them in, that had actually read the email. You know, when you get an email from the diocese, they went delete, delete, delete. So anyway, so I was there, so I put my name in, and by God, they pulled my name out. So I was going off to Rome for, the, for this closing of the year of the priest, and Bishop, now Bishop Peter Smith, he was Father, Father Smith at those days. Here's an aunt. Goodbye. <laughs> I'm not Francis of Assisi. Um, so there we were, off, going off to Rome for this four-day thing, and much to my surprise, so uh, it was, as I say, the closing of the year of the priest, and I wanted to share with you some of the slides because Pope Benedict called it, and it was partly to proclaim St. John Vianney, the patron saint of Par universal saint parish, saint of parish priest. He, he's a fascinating saint. Um, let me turn on my portable mic here. I've got a few slides to show you, and I'm going to start with, hopefully, this one. There we go. So when... A saint is being beatified or elevated. They put the picture. I should have brought my pointer, but I didn't. You see, the, the main door to the to St. Peter's is right below it. That's the main entrance, and they, they hang the saint's picture right above that whenever a saint is canonized. So, so his his picture was 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 hanging there for the for this event. Now, I I just thought uh, I had a completely different picture of what was going to happen at this papal mass. Twenty-two thousand priests, the largest 
celebrated mass in the history of the Catholic Church is what this was. And so it was really, I thought it was really, it was an honor to be there, total, total out of the blue. I wanted to share with you, since this is the uh, Solemnity Mary Mother of God, this is one of the things I found there. Uh, I had a little time to myself, and then we had some tours that, with all of us American priests. And so this is something I found on my own. This is at the, what's called the Dominus Jesu, which is a Jesuit-run uh, church. And uh, St. Ignatius and Pope Francis and Pope Benedict all love to pray here. And he, he also likes one, uh, Mary, Mother of Good Health, uh, in uh, St. Maria Maggiore, Pope Francis does. But he also prays here. And Benedict particularly liked this image. This is Our Lady of the Wayside. Uh, um, Ignatius Loyola loved to pray in front of this. You can see how ancient this fresco is. It was originally uh, on a roadside. Uh, it was something you'd pray by as you went by a road in Rome. They later pulled it into a church. It's, uh, you can see how Roman Jesus looks. He's got the, even the haircut of, of people of that era. I love, I love, you see these kind of things in Rome. Here's how old the church is by some of the art there. It goes back century after century. But I found these two there, Our Lady of the Wayside, that as we go through our journey in life, we will meet Jesus along the way, hidden in circumstances and the people that we are called to be present to that particular day. And Mary, if we ask her to be our mother, say the rosary or something, uh, she's there as well, encouraging us to do the will of God like she did. And she said yes to 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 the Lord without having the slightest idea of the sufferings and the joys that would come. Now, our sufferings came very quickly because we, you know, I never travel light. You'd think I would after all my experience, but, but I only took a carry-on on this thing. I can't believe I did this. And, of course, P Bishop Smith took a bag. All of our luggage got lost on that plane. I was the only one that had luggage. That's sweet justice, don't you think? <laughs> See those pictures of all that lost luggage this week? All those unfortunate, every one of those bags had Christmas presents in it. I thought, thank God I'm a priest. I don't want to be doing that anymore. But anyway, Bishop Smith said to me, uh, he said, can you help me find my luggage? It was American Airlines. I said, no. <laughs> he, never got his, he never got his out. And uh, so anyway, I love this image. I, I brought home a poster of this, and it's in my chapel, of meeting Jesus along the road. Where are you going to be meeting him in the coming year? What resolution are we all going to have? I've been praying about mine. It's, isn't it to do the will of God, to say yes to him today in the, in the surprises of the day? What, what better resolution can there be than that? So that was a surprise. Now, this is, the, this is just the tomb of St. Ignatius under the high altar. That's where most of these saints are in Europe. We have a, we have a relic, and that's the same thing. Now, I had this image... Have you ever seen pictures of Vatican II? You know, the priests, the bishops in, in St. Peter's with the Pope under the high altar and all of us, 22,000 priests and all the dignity and, and this is what it looked like. You know, <laughs> you can see we were all in the piazza and they gave us these dumb-looking hats. Uh, to, they, gave, they gave all of us, we had a choice of uh, white or yellow. You'll see the yellow ones later. I picked white. I still have this hat. I'm going to show you what it looks like. Oh, pardon me. <laughs> I almost knocked a king over. You know what this reminded me of? Gilligan's Island, yeah. <laughs> they gave this to all, all 22,000 priests. It's got an ad for an opera company on it. 
Now, if I wore this at a papal mass with Pope Benedict, I could wear it today for mass, couldn't I? I'm not going to. <laughs> and I, I got a picture of me wearing it here. This, um, it, every one of these priests spoke a different language. Every diocese in the world was there that day. It's just unbelievable. And we represented all of you. And um, this is, this is uh, of course, the Swiss Guard keeping us all in line. Notice one priest thought they had, it was 100 degrees there that day, so one priest brought his own hat, which a lot better. The one next to him needed one. Um, and uh, there I am. <laughs> that's the most undignified picture of me. I'm uh, the priest. Well, I, I love that. <laughs> that's my favorite priest picture. It's just like, you know, you, you, you go to a meeting and you end up at the Vatican looking like that. I mean, who would guess? So, um, Anyway, now that's a better picture. You can see the yellow hats. They're even worse than the white ones. Isn't that awful? Um, but it, when you, this is what a papal audience is like. If you've ever been to Rome, um, you know, I've been to several masses there. Uh, and, and, you know, the Pope is up under that canopy way in the distance. And I'm sitting pretty close. But if you think about at the back of the, of the piazza, which is really huge, you can barely see the Pope. And they have jumbotron uh, camera uh, images which they didn't have in 2010 so you can actually see it from distance but um, it's not what you think you know you you really you don't really see the Pope we were there um, I think it was the last time I went to Italy we had a papal on Pope Francis and he looked so tired I thought oh my gosh you know he's this, this is a number of years ago he's missing part of a lung and I really felt sorry for him it was very he looked very exhausted Pope Benedict had the unfortunately had to follow John Paul II, who was an actor by profession and loved the crowds. He loved working the crowds. That was one of his best attributes, you know? And Pope Benedict is shy. He, it, it takes energy for him to get out there and, 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 and do this. So what he would do then is he went around in his Popemobile, which is, you know, pretty normal, but he went very slow. And this was a huge, huge crowd. And it took about 45 minutes, but you know, each, each hand there represents a whole diocese in the world, every one of them. And, um, and he wanted to make sure that all of us had a chance to greet him. And so he actually went by twice. I have two different pictures of this, and each one was a different time he went by. And um, I was actually standing on a chair, and the Swiss guard came and made me get down. So <laughs> I shouldn't have told you that, but um, I wanted a good shot. Um, but I... I was struck by the humility of Pope Benedict and his willingness to get out there and do this, even though it was very difficult for him. It would not have been difficult for John Paul II. I don't know if Pope Francis would have appreciated this. He's very exhausted now. He's in a wheelchair quite often. I'm not sure if he would do this anymore. He didn't do it when we were there. Um, but, uh, it, you know, each pope has their own strengths and weaknesses. You know, John Paul II, when he would write, it was so philosophical, it was hard to read. Benedict was an extraordinarily gifted writer. His books are really quite incredibly interesting. Although he's very high theology, he able to downshift it to uh, readability. And Pope Francis is very colloquial, so, uh, which is unusual for a pope to be you know, so down to earth like he is. So each one has had their strengths and weaknesses. And um, I guess I'll leave, I'll leave him up there. Is that the last picture? No, there's one more picture up there. And when it was all over, I went back that evening. I don't, we were staying close by at St. Peter's. And that's what it looked like when it was all over. And I thought, how quickly life passes. You know, you, 
you have such high hopes for something, you weren't expecting to go there, but you know, all of you have come with me today on this pil little pilgrimage, and yet how quickly time passes, how quickly the years pass, and uh, yet the memory of it remains. Benedict is still there, you know, blessing, blessing the crowd, just like all the previous popes, and Pope Francis and whoever will come after them. God gives each of us a shot at life, and uh, Mary had her shot. You know, we're, most of us are never going to be the Pope or the Virgin Mary or something, obviously, but we all, have, we, we all have a giftedness that is unique to the world, and, and all of it for us Christians is to try to do the will of God. When we die to ourselves, that's when we receive the giftedness, such as this trip was, is an example of it, but that's just one little thing. We also received crosses, like the lost luggage that, that Bishop Peter received. He wasn't even able to celebrate Mass at this thing. But the next time he came back, he was a bishop. And I, I see in that almost a parable of humility that God required him to step back before he pulled him up forward. And, uh, you know, all of us can find parables in our lives if we look for them. Mary, Our Lady of the Wayside, that you saw that picture, that wonderful picture that, that of that image, I should make a copy of that for the church somewhere around here, is just such an extraordinarily wonderful thing of finding Jesus and Mary and in, in the people around us and the circumstances of life, our, maybe our New Year's resolution this year might be to go on pilgrimage with the Lord. Each day is a pilgrimage, each day is a trip, and uh, so that when our life finishes like Benedict's did yesterday, that we will have said, you know, the Lord can say to each one of us, well done, my faithful son or daughter, enter into the joy of the kingdom of God. You tried to do my will, and I forgave you when you asked, and welcome in.